Welcome back to the Exploring Growth Podcast. So glad you're here. We're on the third installment of this series that I'm doing of how to build a strategic marketing plan. And today we're talking about vision. And I'm excited to have Brooks Sevchek on from yardstick.com. He's a marketer um, by trade and he spends his day working on building brand and generating demand. So I couldn't think of a better person to have on to talk about vision, why it's important and what it is. Let's jump into it. All right, uh, and we're back with Brooks. Um, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah, so, um, you know, the simple recap is that I'm building a course called How to Build a Strategic Marketing Plan for marketing leaders and um, small business owners. And um, this is, I think, the third installment um, of a user going through the course. They're, they're, they've learned a lot about, um, you know, buyer personas, profiles, you know, understanding the buyer. And now on the other side is understanding the brand. And so this first part of understanding your brand is talking about vision. Um, and in the course, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, setting your company organizational values to to then embed those into your vision statement and mission statement. Um, and so, but today what I want to do is talk about vision um, kind of as a broader topic and, you know, look at why is vision a good thing to spend time on um, occasionally? And then how does it kind of flow through practically to marketing and, um, mm -hmm. you know, use cases within the business for it to be productive to work on? Um, so, you know, first I'd like to kind of have you give just a quick background on, you know, what you're doing now, um, company you work with, your role, and maybe some past roles just to give people context of your point of view. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, currently working at a, you'd call it a startup called Yardstick. Um, Yardstick is the world's first trust and safety platform. So we run pretty much any kind of pre-hiring screen and we built a platform that's incredibly unique and, and allows people to do that really easily and really well. Um, so there's a lot of changes that came with the internet economy, the growth of like marketplaces as a, as a business model. And we believed that in order to build a, build trust and safety into the internet economy, we had to um, build a platform that, that reflected that change. So that's what I'm doing at Yardstick. I'm currently the only marketer and uh, you know, we're looking to, to grow our team here in the future, but being the only marketer, my initial focus is on brand, right? I'm a, I'm a brand centric marketer. So I'm thinking, what are the foundations right now that we need to mm -hmm. lay in order to um, build something that's going to, acquire customers really quickly in the future. And so that's, that's why vision is really central to me there. Of course, I'm, uh, I've been for the last seven years building something on the side of my own and working with a lot of companies on messaging is, is primarily where I'm at and vision is foundational to messaging. So that's, that's often one of the best places to start. And, um, and, Previously, I get just one more piece of experience to mention is I uh, used to lead the marketing team at Bethany Global University and uh, being a school with a very, very central mission and vision um, kind of instilled in me the power of, of vision and, and mission as part of your brand and as part of what makes you you. And I've seen with a handful of companies that I've worked with over the years that if you don't have a well-defined brand, if you don't have beliefs as a brand and mission as a brand that you hold very strongly, um, it's really hard for you to say anything meaningful. So I, I think that's probably where we'll, we'll go with a lot of this, but 
that's a quick introduction to where I'm at and, and what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that's great. So it sounds like I got the right person here to talk about vision because I, I agree. I think brand, you know, vision and brand go hand in hand. You have, um, you know, vision is this thing that, you know, the course takers are learning about um, and that it's, it's really this um, casting of, you know, a big statement about what your organization is going to do in the future. Um, and a lot of times I think it's centered around the founder, CEO, um, you know, the main leaders, uh, because they're the ones casting that vision typically, um, and getting support from, you know, other leaders, uh, in, in the organization. Um, but it's kind of this idea of how are you going to change the world, right? How are you going to change the industry? How are you going to change, um, your local community? If that's, you know, where you're, you're, you're focused. Um, but it's about change. It's about, um, you, you know, your organization and therefore your brand um, impacting people in a way that is um, so much bigger than just selling a product or, mm -hmm. um, you know, just uh, delivering a service. So, you know, to start there, that's sort of how I see vision. Um, and then we'll look at some other um, things around it. But, you know, when you think about vision, what, you know, what comes to mind? How would you explain uh, your definition of vision? Yeah, I think that vision is the direction that you're trying to go. It's the end of that, the end point of that direction. And usually this, this is going to be your most like grandiose end point possible. Vision is, is like you said, how do you want to see the world changed? Uh, if, if you did everything right as a company for the next 10 to 15 years, what, how would the world be different? That's, that's what your vision is. And it has to be realistic. I think some companies go, overly unrealistic um, with their vision and it, it makes it kind of hard for people to follow. It makes it hard for uh, you to defend and care about as a brand, which is why when you do it that way, some companies just don't care about their vision at all or they don't think it's very important and marketing teams don't do much with it. Um, but if you do it well and you actually have something that's really, really relevant to your market, that's uh, really relevant to your employees, and um, you, you have this vision of something that you're genuinely working towards and something you can care about as a, as a company. So to me, it's it's the direction that you're moving. If you're if you're looking at that direction, it's the very end point of it. It's everything goes right. This is where we want to land. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the modern day Steve Jobs, because everybody, I think, in decades past have pointed to Steve Jobs as a visionary. And, and I agree um, is Elon Musk. And I think one of the things that he's trying to do is, is create an interplanetary species, you know, that we can be, we can inhabit different planets, which is such a crazy vision. Right. But I was watching something on, um, uh, not, well, whatever the, um, not Starlink, it's not Tesla, it's the SpaceX. I was watching something on SpaceX, SpaceX and it was talking about essentially that vision of, accomplishing interplanetary species and habitation is drives all the decisions of the company. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, every department understands this vision and part in part is why they signed up to be a part of it uh, because exactly. they have somehow latched on to this is almost impossible, could be impossible, but I want to be part of something that is impossible made possible. And what's interesting is that the tentacles of a strong vision that is cast um, well out into the ether, but also through, you know, your, your organization 
and the ranks of your organization is that it has far farther or further reaching tentacles into the um, second and third, fourth tiers of um, partners, investors, um, stakeholders, um, everything that reaches beyond your team. Um, I, I was talking with a colleague of mine not too long ago about uh, what he's doing. He's part of brokering um, a fund over in, I think, um, Africa somewhere. No, it's Australia uh, to do mining. And it's, it's mining here on the earth, like we've known mining, but it's basically the bigger vision of that project is to set in place the structure, the infrastructure that they could then transplant to Mars for to do mining there. So the investment vision of what someone would give money or you know investment group would put money in for is not only to make money here in Australia, but also that it could have a link to the things that are happening on, on Mars. So, you know, when a vision is strong and compelling, it attracts so many different types of people to it. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, that that's the one thing that I would want to bring forward is that um, your the vision is stated with which to have impact. And in order to do that, it needs to be compelling. Yeah. And and that goes to show from a marketing perspective, a lot of marketers are focused on one specific type of um, area, I guess, in the in the funnel, like if you're looking maybe at just acquiring leads or something like that. Um, and then you, if, if you're thinking about vision from just one really myopic point of view, you're not going to catch the full breadth of what it actually affects. Mm -hmm. Because Vision is why people are really excited to come to you. Vision is why your customers are excited to work with you and um, excited about what you're going to do in the future. And I, I think especially for startups, having customers who are excited about the direction you're going in is incredibly important because your customers are going to be your, your best marketers. They're going to be your best recruiters. And um, if they're not excited, at, which they're not going to be if you don't have a vision, then you're not going to achieve any kind of real growth. Right, vision is why investors want to come and and uh, put money into your company if you're interested in doing something other than bootstrapping, and it's th and the thing that I think it's really overlooked is vision is why people want to work for you. Like if you if you want to attract top talent, people want to do work that is meaningful, and I, right. I know like a lot of times people will say we're all actually in it for the money. Every time people say it's about meaningful work, they're lying. But they're not. They're seriously not. People are coming to a company because of the what they get to do, what they get to to influence, and who they get to work with on top of what they get to make. And um, and so that's why because because it's so far reaching, like you said, it's it has to be genuinely compelling and realistic for them. Yeah, and I think it makes sense for the owner, founder, CEO, whoever the the main person. And I really would subscribe to this idea of is one usually one person uh at least at the beginning that is casting this vision and it is emotionally you know and even like you know just their whole being is about this thing the passion yeah. is there that's what's gonna gonna attract people to it it reminds me of this old saying that i'll probably botch uh about if you want to build a boat you know you don't ask people to help you build a boat you show them the ocean you know, you show them essentially the destination or, or mm -hmm. what is possible. And then you, as you have seen, as we've seen in historically, you know, even hundreds of years ago, people will show up and work for free on things that they are, feel compelled to mm -hmm. um, see, see come to, to fruition. 
to your point of, you know, people being, um, getting to people to be compelled is, is for it to have meaning and purpose for them in their lives. Mm -hmm. I know we see that more today than ever, I think. I think so. Like you're saying, like the best possible scenario is for the leader of the company, the founder, the CEO to own vision and then to drill it in to everything that they do. Um, and that, that does happen a lot. I think a lot of founders are really good with vision, especially some of them are following like operational frameworks where vision becomes a piece of what you do. Like a lot of yeah. startups now are using EOS, right. which I think is really helpful. Um, but the like second scenario is you, you have a, a leader who doesn't instill the vision. Mm -hmm. You as a marketer then have to, in your messaging if you're not, if you have no vision at all as you're building out your messaging on, as a marketer, um, your messaging will do absolutely nothing, right? And then yes. the, the third scenario is no one owns, no one owns it, right? So I, like yeah. ideally, the ideally founder CEO owns it. If they don't and they don't want to, <laughs> then as a marketer, yeah. you're kind of forced to in order to do anything that that works. You have to. Yeah, um, but but a lot of time I, that second scenario almost never happens. It's either the CEO owns it and drives it down really well, or it, no one does, and the messaging never sticks. And You're right. yeah, and that yeah. and that affects. So if the marketer is the one, even if the marketer is the one who is having to figure out what you actually believe as a company and what you're actually trying to accomplish, then you miss out on. The, because when you're building, when your vision affects all of the ways you work internally, right? So marketer can say one thing, but if your product team isn't bought in on that same vision, mm -hmm. the product yes. isn't going to go there. Your customers won't be happy in the future. You won't be attracting the right investors. Um, and you definitely won't be attracting the right, the right talent. But I couldn't agree more. And I, I would say that by far, you know, I've worked with a lot of companies. I've seen a lot of things. And by far, I would say I see companies with no solid vision and founders, mm -hmm. CEOs, you know, leaders who don't have a clear vision. And if they do, they're somehow not communicating it at all or keeping it hidden um, or silent some for some reason. Um, and that's very detrimental to um, the growth mm -hmm. of the company in general. Um, culture, it's, de it's detrimental to everything. And I would say, you know, we, we sort, of, sort of switch and start talking about what I would think of as this dystopian, you know, world of marketing where you have no visionary person that is leading. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I think most companies, most marketers land in a position where they're at a company where they're sort of at this purgatory where, you know, the, you can, you know, it's like vision, I think, is that's like water to your body and it's that essential. And the more you have of it, the more your body thrives, the more, I mean, obviously there's a, the analogy only goes so far, but, you know, having water is essential. Now you can drink lower quality water. You can drink less water in the day than your body probably really needs and still survive. You can drink sodas. You can do a lot of things and your body's still going to survive, but it won't be optimal health. You won't live the highest quality lifestyle, all this. Um, I think it's the same for companies. I think most companies, unfortunately, they exist in this sort of purgatory nature of drinking soda, soda water all day. They're existing. You know, the, the leader is not leading in, in, from a visionary standpoint. They're just keeping the thing alive, putting out fires every day. And so marketers, I think most marketers probably watching this are 
are in that position where they haven't really ever stepped back to say, am I working for a visionary? Am I working for an organization that has a vision? Because maybe they're working in nonprofit, right? There's not Mm -hmm. maybe one singular person that's casting the vision. Um, And I think the answer by and large is going to be no. So which goes to your point of, okay, now I have to make this assessment from a marketing standpoint, a branding standpoint of how am I going to now understand what it is that we're doing to have impact and then communicate that to the buyer, to our audience of, you know, total audience in a way that's compelling so that they can lead so that you can lead them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I'm a, sub, I'm a subscriber to um, Jocko Willink's extreme ownership. You know, you really should own your, the, you know, you'd be responsible for your life. Uh, if you own a business, you know, you own all problems. And so if you're a marketer in a marketing role, um, I think that the buck sort of stops with you. So assessing what what that is, and you're going to own that position. I think owning the leadership of the audience that you're building, of the attention that you're garnering, you know, mm-hmm. um, all of these things is is really what should how you should think of it. Um, then when you get to the the business of doing it, it's going to be harder. It, I mean, it just is. It's going to be harder than if you had a visionary. Um, or someone that's more inclined to communicate their vision well across the organization, um, constantly indoctrinating the why, right? If you have that person, it gets easier because you can really clearly and easily say to anyone, anytime, this is why we're what we're about, right? Um, so, so I think you know you have to kind of assess your position and, and where, what the landscape looks like. And if you're if you're the type of person, and I'm this type of person, um, there are some of us out there that work in corporate where you are all about the why, and you realize this about yourself, where you're like, I need to have a strong why to exist because mm-hmm. my purpose is connected to that why. Well, the hard truth is, you know, do the best you can in a situation where it's you're not getting the feedback, you're not getting that clear vision, but you may want to start looking for an organization. That, you know, tracking one down that you could find someone and work under that person that has a strong sense of where they're yeah. taking the organization so you can connect to it and feel like when you get, go to work every day or most days, because it's still work, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to show up with a smile on your face and excited that you're making an impact. Mm-hmm. Now, not everybody's wired that way. Um, some people can take more of, you know, less why than, than others, but still, I think the point is to be made that if, if there is a compelling vision of the change that you're out, set out to make and the impact that you're going to make, the, that compelling vision needs to be communicated across the organization and through to your future customers and current customers. And so as a marketer, you kind of sit in that impasse where that you're in the line of communication, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think to, to a lot of people, vision seems like something that comes out of a business textbook that doesn't actually translate to the real world. Mm-hmm. And they just need to be told that that, that is not further from, it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. I think to, I think to a lot of people, vision seems like something that comes out of like a business textbook that you would see in, you know, getting up some kind of business degree. Um, but it doesn't seem like something that translates into the real world, but they mm-hmm. would need to be told that that could not be further from the truth. When we've worked with people who are struggling to build an audience in general, are struggling to make their message resonate, 
the first thing we do is figure out what do you actually believe? Um, and what are those, what are those strongly held beliefs? What do you, what do you believe with some strength of conviction? And almost always, like if I'm acting like a doctor, my diagnosis is, well, you're not creating anything compelling and you're not growing an audience because you don't care about anything. And you think you shouldn't care about anything because you're a brand. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And so the first step always to get a message to resonate is to go back to what's your vision. That's, that's step one. And then based on that, what are your strongly held beliefs? And then based on those, how can we develop some type of IP that we can defend, care about? And when you have those three things, then you can then you can start to build an audience and you can start to, to do something real with, with your marketing. But if you're a marketer and you're working under a leader who doesn't have a vision, then you have to go back and answer those questions for yourself. Do a lot yes. of hard work, do the research. I would say go talk to every major leader in the organization and just try to dig into why they're doing what they're doing, where they see the product going, where they see the company going, go talk to your customers and figure out why they're excited to work with you, why they chose to work with you. Go talk to people who are in your pipeline or in your market and ask them those same questions. What are they looking for? What problems are they experiencing? And based off of that, come up with some kind of de facto mission and vision that you can own and then build beliefs and IP off of. Now, there's, I think there's people who are in companies where the, the CEO abdicates responsibility for the vision, but also refuses to let anyone else own it, yeah. right? And, and to those people, I'm like, you just can't be a marketer that does anything worthwhile there. Right. Look around. You, you've got just, you're, you're going to have to look around and find somewhere where you can do something meaningful. And, yes. and maybe the word of advice to like marketers who are looking around is make sure you're digging into that vision as you go into a company make sure they have the foundations that you need to be able to do your job well. Um, and if you care about brand and demand, which are the things that you should be caring about as a marketer, um, then you're going to find a company with a strong vision. Yes. I couldn't agree more. And I think also that if you find that you're, your leadership or leader thinks of marketing as a cost center and they're, they're always kind of talking down to marketing. Um, they're not a visionary because right. I think most visionaries are typically have a marketing kind of bent because marketing is communicating. Exactly. So yes. If you're communicating all they want to do is tell people about their vision. All they want to do is tell people about how they're going to change the world or the industry or, or make something different that helps people or impacts That's people. That's so good. If they you care know? about vision, they're going to want to amplify that message. They're going to want right. to defend it. They're yeah. going to want to expound on it. Right. And uh, if they, if they are not interested at all in having anyone in their organization defending or expounding on or owning that message at all, then yeah, they don't actually care about the mission very much. Yeah. And you know, I think to a person like that, which was, I think ultimately as a marketer, you're right. You're going to have to end up finding another place to thrive in because they're not going to put money and dollars and resources and time and energy and, and meetings and thoughts around um, promoting what it is that you're trying to do as a marketer and making that better. But in the meantime, a good exercise is to kind of go back to business metrics and speak their language for a little while. Um, and just for the sake of getting better as a marketer that can speak of the business language um, I think it's a good exercise. It's probably not one. It's probably one that's foreign to a lot of marketers. I know it is. Mm -hmm. um, but first going to them, I think, and say, it, this is for the person who's barking up the, 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 the tree and they're not getting a response. 
going to them and saying, what it ma- what matters to you inside the organization? You know, forget vision. What matters to you? Is it um, just a quantified number of units exponentially or incrementally going up each month? You know, what is it that matters to you? And then then taking what matters to them and trying to connect that to something that is compelling that you've found by, I think, these other exercises of talking to other everyone else, looking internally to the company, externally. Um, that's a great exercise because you may end up back at the same position where they don't understand what it is you're really trying to do with marketing because they're not, they don't have the vision. They're just looking Mm -hmm. at ones and zeros. Um, But you will, it will do you better to understand the business better, which is important, right? So understanding the, how your marketing impacts revenue, how it, it can be a cost, but also can be revenue generator. Understanding the business side of things, that's a perfect person to do it with because they don't want to talk fluff. They want to talk, you know, mm-hmm. dollars, you know, cents. So I would say the positive there is to lean into that sort of what can be negative at first and get the value you can get from that one person so that whenever you are under someone who is more visionary and is fine with not necessarily talking dollars and cents all the time, you can still talk dollars and cents to back up yeah. the work that you're doing that is compelling. Um, that's a very strong marketer, I think. Uh, Absolutely, you know, someone yeah. who can put both of those two things together. Um, and again, leading in their role, being able to lead the visionary sometimes in in um, use cases for looking at revenue and looking at mm-hmm. dollars spent instead of just being let, you know, go, go, go. Cause I think there's, there's, it's bad to be under someone that lets you just do whatever you want as well, even if there is money there. Cause I've seen that case before yeah. too. It's not always good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's, that's, um, that's really good for marketers. Marketers have to be able to talk and contextualize what they're doing to, to the leadership team. Uh-huh. And like you're saying, even if you have a leader who's really, un- who really understands vision and is really going at it, you won't have everyone who does. Marketing ha- is the mis- most misunderstood function within a company, I think. And so you you have to defend what you're doing in, the, in terms of revenue positivity or whatever the company cares about, not just to the CEO, even if you have a great CEO, but also to the rest of the leadership team. Or I, I've seen it often that the board is actually the ones who don't understand marketing the most. Um, sure. That's that's happened in a lot of organizations where uh, the founder, the CEO is thinking, this is incredible. Here's all these things that have happened. And the board's like, where are the leads? Right? And that's like, yeah. well, that's not, that's not actually what we're doing. You can see, because we're looking at revenue more than yeah. anything. Um, but to be a marketer, who does anything, you have to be able to defend marketing up. And that's hard because in a lot of other functions in an organization, you don't have to learn how to do that. Um, because yes. if, if you're in sales or you're in product or whatever, you know, whatever it might be, that's, that's actually already built out for you really easily. And people already understand what you're doing for the most part. Um, if you're one, if, if there's of course, exceptions, but as a marketer, you have to be able to contextualize what you're doing and then bring it to some real metrics, bottom line, bottom of funnel metrics like revenue, if you want to actually be able to be trusted to do something great, like with vision. And you, and it, I would add, it's really easy to connect message with revenue, right? If, you, if that's mm-hmm. like I said, if you're acting as the doctor and coming in with a diagnosis, a lot of times I've looked into companies and they're like, okay, we are struggling to close deals. 
because the the symptom of not having a great vision and message is every deal you pull through feels like you're having to drag people by their ears. Um, Every, every lead that you get feels like you had to go out and do a ton of ton of work to get it. So you see that that's the symptom. The diagnosis is, well, your message isn't compelling. And if you fix that typically, and then, and then you go out and defend it, you have people who are coming to you. And, um, and so that's really easy then to prove, okay, well, if we're getting less, people interested who are we're having to pull by the ears and more people who are coming to us that go through the funnel faster or worth more closer to our ICP, we can easily connect that to revenue. Yes. And, you know, like we've talked about, team members want to work for a company where they feel there's purpose and there's meaning. And that's usually connected to some vision. I think it's the same thing for customers these days. It's been for a while where people want to feel like purchase they're making for the most part, even down to the gallon of milk or whatever. I mean, even mm-hmm. those kind of, you know, commoditized products are even probably the higher, um, you know, identity type prop, um, products where customers want to feel like this is, what is this saying about me and how am I connected to it? So there's meaning and purpose behind how they connect to and buy what it is that you're selling. Um, and even in the B2B space, there is too, because there's, there's roles that are involved. People who are making a decision in roles. What does it say about me and my role? how I'm leading my team, mm-hmm. you know, um, all of the things. So I think that's the same type of thing that vision can do for this, these selling situations that you're talking about, um, your messaging across the funnel for marketing. Um, what you're doing is you are creating a scenario or, or an environment where there is fit, right? Because um, I think when we look at what we're building here is what we're trying to understand is understand the buyer, we understand needs and wants. We understand the brand, and part of that is understanding the vision, what is going to all come together in messaging. And the messaging is has to be compelling. So if you have these two sides of the land and you have a bridge in the middle of your building with messaging, um, it has to be compelling. And the way that it's compelling is if your buyer sees that they fit with your company. And that mm-hmm. fit happens across lots of different layers one is obviously pricing i think two is identity about their role and how it's going to affect what they're doing in their position talking Mm -hmm. to services here um but how is this you know when they tell someone that they they bought this or they what what does that mean right um how is this going to help their team is it going to make them look like a better leader is it going to help you know increase revenue is it going to impact their business metrics um they have to they have to feel like, okay, when we start using this product, this is going to solve the problem that we're, you know, we're facing. It's going to help us get closer to the things that we desire. And it's going to feel like we're working with a company that yeah. gets us because our value set is the same. So if in, in all of that and in, in other factors, you have fit, right? So what I like to think about, you know, trying to talk to marketers here is, is, if you're having to go to your leadership, constantly looking for budget, constantly looking for, you know, awareness about what you're doing in marketing and you're, you're kind of pushing up, you know, barking up the tree. Um, I think you have to start to talk their language and in mm-hmm. why talking about vision is productive for the organization. Right? Mm-hmm. It's an unfortunate situation because if you aren't, don't have to do that, it makes your life a lot better, but you, get, you become right. a better marketer in the, in the, in the meantime. And, and I think the end, the end goal there is, is that, or the end product of working with your team 
your, your company uh, on creating more compelling message messaging and therefore through sales is that you end up that, seeing the result of vision work, that we're, stuff we're talking about here, it is very, very productive for not only your organization, your team, your product or, uh, you know, building, but for your customers and the value they're getting currently for your prospective Absolutely. customers. It's it's very impactful across the board. So being able to look at all those checkpoints and, and measure or, you know, look at the effect that doing this work could have on those metrics and then communicating that up to your leadership is going to be productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I think that that pro- message market fit is something that's really important that you're you're kind of hitting on there too, um, and that to me comes back to brand. Like I said, I'm a brand centric marketer. Mm-hmm. I think brand is often misunderstood. It's often thought of as smaller than it, it's meant to be, or even sometimes people talk about the wrong things. Kind of like the things you would read in a textbook when you're getting a marketing degree. You think of brand, and you start to think of how do how does this make me feel? You start to mm-hmm. think of brand consistency. Um, but in reality, there's different levels to brand, um, but there's a lot more components in it than you might think. And um, there's different, when when I say different levels, I mean, some are more foundational to others. So what you're mentioning there is who is your, who is your market? What's the problem you solve? How do you solve it? Those are really foundational. And then out of that comes vision, story, uh-huh. value propositions, which are probably the next layer. And then yes. after that comes beliefs things you, what do you not believe really well you know all, all of that and then out of that comes the messages and the medium where you're, where you're sharing them through That's all right. of that is all of that is brand and all of it works together and if you jump to message or if most people actually jump just to medium and say oh we need to be on linkedin what are we going to talk about well then you're you're not going to you're not going to say or, or create anything that people want to see but you started the you you have to understand that each piece of the foundation is important. You have to understand who your customers are. You have to understand what they care about. You have That's to understand right. your 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 values, your your mission, your vision, so that you can do well at the at some of those more practical components of of brand. Yes, and you know, sort of an analogy. I, I think that um, brand. I think of brand as sort of brand identity, not, and I, I know in the marketing space, a lot of brand identity terminology is focused on colors and, um, you know, right. icons and imagery and that kind of thing, style guides. But I, I'm thinking identity as larger, like who are we as an organization? What's our yes. identity? So I, I think, you know, the customer has an identity. Um, they may not have it written down because they are not trying to, that's the mystery, right? It's like dating. So if you're dating someone, there's to the medium, like LinkedIn, social, you can go to a bar, you can be at church, you know, you can um, be in a playground, you could be at a concert, you know, there's lots of mediums where you're going to interact with this person. And in bigger, you know, more hype, louder settings, you're going to talk to that person in a different way. They're going to communicate in a different way than you would in a quiet, you know, more reverent uh, place, mm-hmm. maybe. So. That's not unlike all the different platforms that we have to communicate it to our our audience. What you're saying is 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 very important in how you say it to that person. What you're doing is you're learning their identity. You're learning what their needs and desires are. You have a good sense of it, but it's a sensing type of thing. They're learning yours. They're learning how they fit with you, or do you fit with them, right? And 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 I think this sort of courting 
of is this getting closer? Is this getting fur further away? Um, is marketing and sales essentially, but mostly marketing. It's are we getting closer? Is there a fit? Is this fit happening? Um, or is it just not making sense? And so I think most maybe lay marketers think about um, brand as just what you see and, and how it makes you feel, which in dating would be the cool leather jacket with a good cologne, right? And right. yeah, there is an impact there because it gets your attention. Like, okay, well, this, you know, something, there's something different here. I like the way it makes me feel, I like the way it looks. But then you spend a couple, two more minutes, and then you spend two more hours, and you spend two more days, two more weeks, two more months, and you're like, okay, I see what this person really is about, and I really am starting to like it even more to the point of love versus it's, this is just a leather jacket and some good cologne, mm -hmm. right? And and most people want something that's deeper than that. So, yeah, you know, not to um, over-analogize, but I think that that's, that's what it is. Well, it's for dating. No, it makes sense, yeah. Or identities people... are trying to find a fit. People don't understand what resonates, then that's really what what brand is. Your the colors that you've chosen and mm -hmm. all of the color theory work that you looked through in red or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that stuff, your brand consistency and the way you look and your style that doesn't that doesn't resonate with people. That's not actually what's making people like you. Yes. Um, it may make them recognize you. But that's not why they like you. They like you that's because true. of who you are, what you believe, what you defend. That's right. What your vision is that that's what they actually like you because of those are actually the way more important things. So that's, that's right. a I think it's a really good analogy. You know, something else that came, comes to mind and, and this may be from left field, but I feel like it fits is it with signal media, my content agency, we do a lot of video work for our clients and the ones that we work with that have a compelling message, which means they typically have a vision of what they're doing to, to insert, um, have impact or change they are the easier ones to work with because they they may not have their brand style guide together. Sometimes they don't. That's fine. It depends on where they're at. But it's not about that as much as it is them knowing what it is that they want to communicate to the audience. And then they just need some help getting it printed, essentially, email or video or whatever it may be. And so those are fun to work with because it gives our creatives the ability to be creative and do what it is that they're good at. They're good at putting together a graphic design. They're good at, you know, building a, a video from scratch that tells a story. All of those things can get so much more rich as a practitioner, a creative, you know, yeah. as that person that that's what your discipline is. Rather than someone coming to the, to the table, basically saying, I don't know, what do you think? And right. it's like, well, I mean, we have lots of thoughts because we've done a lot of this and we can impose our creative ideas on you but that doesn't mean that it's gonna the message is going to be compelling to your audience mm -hmm. when they see this video right and so when i think about this i think about it like these pointing into the spear when it comes to marketing especially branding but i'd say for a lot of your paid stuff too is this compelling message that's timely and when i think about video it's like okay we we here's our audience we know them well here's what we're about and here's what we're trying to communicate in this video and here's the purpose of what this video is supposed to do for our audience and then for us as a company then our team can go to work and put our frame we have a framework and just run that compelling you know message straight through our framework of okay well what are the effects going to look like what are the sound effects going to sound like mm -hmm. you know what are the graphics going to be on the on the screen all that can tie to a style guide 
we can we can you know our creatives start going you know popping and saying okay well yeah we could we could do a click sound at the beginning with a light coming on we can set them in a chair this way and so they are now light up and they can tell that compelling story you know create it and and tell it so much more when the message is already there to be told now it's yeah. just crafting it into this creative thing that's that gets your attention and engages you but if it's the opposite way well we have all the chops to do all these creative things but we can put this filter on it and we can do that cool sound and it's just going to look like other people who actually had a vision but mm. it won't be because you know there's no vision that's coming through this like lipstick on a pig all right yeah yeah so that's the way I look at it. I, I think that vision is the like water to the body. It's, it's essential. Um, you know, going back to the board, you have these bigger business conversations that are happening, maybe beyond the marketer's reach. Um, if you have a visionary in the leader, leader seat, they're going to be communicating that vision to the, the board as well. In fact, mm -hmm. if it's a startup situation, especially, they're probably going to be looking to build a board around their vision, people that are passionate yes. about what they're doing. And if they don't, They've really pigeonholed themselves to constantly be barking up the wrong tree. Um, yeah. You can talk so, about your vision every time you talk about your success. Like we, you know, you want to point to this campaign did this or this, mm -hmm. this new product launch brought in this amount of revenue, things like uh -huh. that. And alongside them, you can say, okay, we just did 5 million in bookings because of this. That's incredible. We're going to celebrate. And it also brought us one step closer to yes. accomplishing yes. this thing that we actually yes. exist for. You can talk about those things yeah. next to each other and, and show how important the vision is as a, as a leader. That's it. Actually, I don't want to miss that. I think that's a great point to make in that if you're measuring all these other business metrics, it would be great to measure the impact of your vision and mm -hmm. have that alongside. I know a lot of nonprofits do this because they're, they already have sort of built in vision. Um, but having those metrics if you know as much as they are able to you can pull them out having them alongside these other revenue metrics that's very compelling for a leader that is a visionary for them to see yeah. the tangible you know result of, the, of your work i love that yeah. thanks yeah. yeah i think this is this is really foundational stuff for people but it's mm -hmm. often it's often missed so i really appreciate this conversation i think this is a much needed one and and i think really helpful especially for people in the, in the marketing seat which is i'm glad that's the audience because i think this yeah. is especially helpful for them yeah couldn't agree more well this has been great and i appreciate you being on and your time to to help marketers understand the impact of vision in an organization um, one thing that we didn't really cover um is culture mm -hmm. um we could we can maybe circle back to that another time there's always there's always more time to come back and talk about other yeah. things um, but culture is a big one um, that I think if if you're a marketer listening to this, you know, hopefully you see two sides of that. You see that there is hope for you if you're an organization that's not typically geared towards vision um, to to gain some chops in that organization and do the hard work. But maybe look for an organization that will you can find a more better connection to the purpose there. Um, but if you are an organization that has vision. Well, you have to look to the side that you're not necessarily being judged on and lead yourself in that way too, which could be a business conversation. Um, you know, a well-rounded marketer is going to be able to look 
you know, into an organization and see the impact that their work is having both internally and externally. Cause when you think about brand, brand is, it's permeable. It's not mm-hmm. this thing that you, it's not, again, it's not a leather jacket on the outside. It's the heart of the organization right. coming through, you know, that person that just happened to wear a leather jacket and a nice cologne, they, they could come from a place where they have a great heart and they just like to wear leather jackets because it's cool. But a lot of times organizations will have that jacket on, but there's not a really strong beating heart inside of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a marketer, that's, that's our, where we sort of sit in the hot seat of communicating value across lines. Um, yeah. So this is a good conversation for that. I think so. My, my thought on culture is we talked about earlier that some people say that people just come for, for money and they're not there for what they believe. Uh-huh. And maybe some people do exist like that. My question would be, who would you rather hire? Someone who comes because they really believe in what you're doing or someone who comes who doesn't believe in it and they're they're just there for, for the money. And of course, we want to be able to treat people well, pay them well. It's not right. That's beside the point. Sure. But, you, sure. but you want people there who actually care about their work. And um, I think being a marketer, and if you're a marketer hiring other marketers who who work under you, hiring people who don't have don't care at all about your product or can't care at all about your product, uh-huh. um, is going to mean they're not they're not actually passionate in their work, and and that that's not that doesn't create a good culture at all. You want a culture of people who who care. That's right, that's right. I, I agree completely. Um, I'll throw a kind of a out of left field answer to you because I know the obvious answer is to hire people that are on board. But if you see in someone, sometimes there's people in bad situations, they just need to have a job that can pay them and they can yeah. take, you know, get sure. on to the next season of life. If you see that, obviously that's something to discern. But apart from that, if you see that there's not a, necessarily a connection, but you think that there can be a connection, um, there's something to consider because it's similar to a conversation we're having with our buyers. You know, there are some buyers, there's a portion of our buyers that we need to influence into the call of what we're doing and the solution of what we bring in their life. Um, You know, not everybody's a first adopter. Not everybody is going to get right on the bandwagon and have the Roomba, you know, going around their house. Some people have to be sort of dragged into it. And once they're there, like, I can't believe I've never done this before. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I said they can't either people who don't or can never Mm -hmm. um care about it because going into yardstick i didn't i did not care about uh building further trust and safety into the gig economy and uh the internet economy because i didn't see the change yeah and that's what you have to go out and do in general is you have to create awareness of the problem that you're fixing and this this vision that you have and then bring people to it. And that, that's part of the hiring process. It's also part of the onboarding process. And, you know, maybe it's easier fixed, sadly, maybe it's easier fixed post-hire than, than pre-hire because it's kind of mm-hmm. hard, hard to figure out if someone's able to come in and care about what you care about. Yeah. Um, but the things that I would look for ahead of time to know whether that is, is this is a framework Patrick Lincioni put together in his, his book, Hungry, Humble, Smart. But it's those it's those things. Humble, hungry, smart. I think I said them in the wrong order. Are they humble? Are they hungry? Are they smart? If so, they're probably going to be on board and a great fit in your organization. Right. Um, but a lot of times, if people only have hungry and smart, they're they're not actually going to ever catch on to the vision. Um, 
similar with it, humble and hungry, they're not going to catch on to the vision. So that's a really good framework. And yes. I've used that uh, hiring in the past. I think that's really, really good to dig into. There's interview questions that surround those ideas as well. Um, that's a really, really good book. But like I said, you may just have to figure out later on. Um, you can see the fruit of someone who doesn't care. In yes, their work. I, right. I think so. And you can maybe see a track record too, when you look at their experience um, yes, yes. to see what is going to be happening in the future. Part of it too, is getting them in to a team, if, if maybe they're just looking to work for a team, work with a team that is um, encouraging, you know, maybe they're working siloed right now, you know, maybe they just need a better team environment for them to care about what it is that they're actually doing. Yeah, for sure. you know, there's a lot of nuances when it comes to hiring and people and all of that. But I think what we've done here today is we've kind of, you know, covered a lot of basis when it comes to the impact that vision the work of vision can have in an organization, which is huge. Um, and so I'm thankful for you to be on here and talk through this. If every, anybody wants to connect with Brooks, which I would suggest you to do, go over to LinkedIn, um, Brooks, Sefka, check. And then also you have your side project, if you want to mention that, twomarketers.com. Yep, twomarketers.com. If you want to learn how I work with companies on messaging and things like that, you can find that there. But mostly I just, I love to connect and build a relationship over LinkedIn. That's primary. So if you just find me there, I'd, I'd love to connect or chat. So that's cool. great. Yeah, thanks again, Brooks. And um, we'll probably have you back at some, some other point. I hope so. I love coming on. Thank you, Lee.